Pods from the Far Beyond. This is one of a series of podcasts by Paldon Jenkins. They live on an organic farm at the far end of Cornwall in the southwest of Britain. And these podcasts cover a wide range of topics over time. So check through my podcast page. So are you ready? think and let it go and freshen up so that I don't get into a groove. And it's been interesting this last period of time. I've been going through a very interesting combination of things. One's to do with getting used to living with cancer. I'm in my third year now. Another one has been major transformative process going on inside and I've partially invoked that myself because in a way when you get cancer it puts things right on the line and you get kind of served notice in a way or with my particular kind of cancer you, you do there's always room for hope to have a long life but really you have to get real about the fact that it could be short and it could be cut off at any time. Silly things like falling over or choking or something like that, which can happen. Or something can start going wrong. I'm doing quite well with the actual cancer, but myeloma, bone marrow cancer, has side effects, mainly on my bony frame, and it's those which really are the crucial thing for me. Those are the things which will probably finish me off at some stage, my back or my stomach, which is squeezed by the collapse of four vertebrae at the bottom of my back, and other things too. So you have to get real about things, and it puts everything into a different context, because what I've discovered getting cancer is it's it's sort of like a layer, a shield, a protective layer has been stripped off me and I'm far more vulnerable now and far more open and far more permeable and in some ways far more lost. I'm an astrologer and uh, I've had two major Neptune transits just recently and one of the great things about Neptune transits um, is that they're a transformative, potentially transformative wave of energy and Uranus and Neptune and Pluto they all three have this kind of influence on a deeper slower level than most of the other planets and Neptune gets you by eroding your sense of reality by putting you into a a mist where you lose your your coordinates you, you're not sure where you're going anymore you're not sure what's happening what what's the meaning of things Uranus, for example, that'll shake you up, give you a soul quake, and Pluto will ram things through. It just forces stuff through, whether you like it or not. 
but Neptune puts you into a kind of a mist. And there's something very wonderful about this because the plus side of this is a kind of a level shift. It just raises you up, or at least you have that opportunity. And it does so by melting away all your boundaries, all your structures, disrupting them in a very surreptitious kind of way, undermining you. So you're not really sure what's up and down, what's left or right anymore, or what's right or wrong, or anything else. And that's the way it changes you, and that's what's been happening for me, really. In 2021-22, I had um, Neptune doing an opposition to my Saturn in my chart, and then more recently I've had Neptune doing a square to my moon and also to my ascendant. And so this has all been part of the same process because, in effect, I have a, a moon square Saturn there at 90 degrees to each other. I have it in my chart. And this has a lot to do with parenting, specifically mothering, and the experience of being born and of being a vulnerable baby and the first year or in particular of life but also it's about mothering in general as you grow up and mothering is not only from your mother although a lot of it usually is it's from all parts of the world really however it manifests in our lives and so of course as you might guess a lot of my mothering patterns have been coming up it was this which has really been kind of confronting me now. For example, I learned with my mother to kind of make do and look after myself and accept what I get and this kind of thing. She she was emotionally not very well disposed to being a mum, really, and like many mothers in the early 1950s, she really wanted to be doing something else because she had been a young woman in the war, in the World War Two, and she had been quite a career woman, really, and a prize-winning shorthand secretary, actually. And then come the late 40s and everyone gets married, and a lot of the women basically got dumped with this prescribed duty to raise children and be a good woman and do all the right things. And that wasn't really for my mother. She, was, she had been given an Edwardian upbringing rather rather strict and then in world war Two, she had been under the blitz for about two years which must have scared the bloody hell out of her really you know gosh to get bombed on a regular basis you know and just never knowing whether you're going to survive or not and just all the trauma around it and i i was born just six or so years after her after that and of course in those days there was no such thing as emotional processing or or help in that way, psychological help as as people might receive now if they've been in bombing in in Ukraine, for example. That sort of thing didn't happen then. You just swallowed hard and got on with it and didn't think about it. So anyway, I had a an early life where I think my birth was quite difficult, but it had its virtues. Apparently, I had the first doctor in charge of it who had got into relaxation techniques with women in childbirth. 
and I get the feeling he was a really nice kind of chap, actually, and there is that element in my chart. It probably is a Jupiter and Pisces down at the bottom of my chart, which is a bit like a sort of a guardian angel figure in a, in a sense, a benign protector figure in a, in a sense. So although I think it was very difficult for my mother, she would have had great difficulty opening up and letting me out. And, and also, to be honest, I think I had some reluctance too. I have a feeling that I kind of came into life because I had to, because because it was necessary. It was a it, there was a job to be done. There was a, you know, I just had to do it. I had to get into it. And now is better than later. And get on with it, Paldon. And so, I think I, I came in with that kind of attitude. But there was a part of me which was reluctant, perhaps because I had an anticipation that the mission I would take on was going to be difficult, and perhaps I had a a premonition of how things were going to pan out in life, really. My life has actually been good, you know. I, I, I do not complain about that. But it has been hard. And uh, even now I go through stuff which many people wouldn't touch. And so I've been encountering this pattern again because as a cancer patient you have to ask for help quite a lot especially in our society where everyone's split up and isolated, so that you have to ask people specific things. You have to make lists for people and ask them to do specific things for you. And quite often that asking process can be quite difficult because everyone's so busy and they would like to help and, and they mean to do it, but uh, there's all sorts of other things happening. And that's a rather difficult sometimes frustrating kind of thing where it can literally take me two weeks to get something sorted just because it involves going out of the way a little bit and it's you know it gets forgotten and and these kinds of things and of course I can't complain either because I'm asking favors of people you know and and so uh, I do need to accept what I get <laughs> so you get that as a as a patient when you're partially dependent on others for certain things, as I am for shopping, for example. But also I've been up against my pattern of uh, self-sufficiency and a kind of a rather stoic tolerance and patience and perseverance and stuff like that. It's rather gritty, really. It's funny. And so... That's one of the gifts, though, of this level shift I was talking about. With these, both with the com with the combination of the transits and also the strip-down feeling of that you get when 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 you have cancer or something similar. And there's that additional thing is that the possible proximity of death means that you have to, you do take a different attitude towards towards everything because it could all be ended quite quickly. It could all just go. And so all of those things have led to a very interesting process of honesty with myself and as much as I can with others. And um, being straight up about stuff. And I've also been manifesting some interesting patterns. A while ago I was concerned about feeling that my humanitarian work was incomplete and since last October, I've plunged into a situation which I'm handling remotely. I'm not out in the field, but I'm handling it remotely, which has been very filled with 
human tragedy and contradiction and quite a lot of human badness and also an amazing amount of human goodness and it has been quite an interesting test and I've sometimes wondered why am I doing this and people have questioned me on it as well and think I'm doing the wrong thing well I think this is part of an end of life kind of summation of things because I'm being given some full on human pathos to deal with and this has been my pattern during life in a way I have sought out situations like this and I've managed to do quite a bit of good within situations like that too and so it feels like a kind of a rounding out of something because I am quite skilled in this kind of work and when I get on these things I, I kind of uh, I'm quite unstoppable quite unshakable it's very peculiar <laughs> but uh, I'm also very glad now to be bringing it to a close this particular adventure because it has been very taxing and it's worn me down quite a lot and I can feel it's very much part of that Neptune process of making me aware aware on a very very deep level of something deep about the human condition which in parts of the world such as such as Africa, West Africa and the Sahel, it's quite intense, you know, it's life is quite high risk there and some pretty bad things are happening there at the moment. And I should say that it's not just because of Africans. We tend to say, Oh yeah, yeah it's all very strange, you know, the people out there, you know, they just need to sort themselves out. A lot of this is induced by us, by Western rich people who, in this particular instance, have created a market for crime. We buy the stuff. But not only that, we've also caused other things such as the whole jihadi problem that's going on in the Sahel and parts of Africa at the moment, particularly when we got rid of the dictator in Libya, Gaddafi, because when we did that, we scattered a whole load of weirdos, traumatized, with a lot of weapons available. And they basically started moving into the Sahel and trying to take it all over. So we've done a lot of this. This is not just Africans. That's one reason why I'm involved in all this. And I wish more people would get wise to this kind of thing. Because one thing I've found is that often between each other and I find this particularly with Muslims actually but between each other people can be very very good and fair and just and good to each other mutually protective but when there is money coming in and I mean money which is disproportionate it comes through oil diamonds corruption guns crime grants aid all sorts of other things when there are these fountains of money that can be tapped into people start getting really bad and nasty this happens in our own country too you know the number of times i've heard of really bad family arguments going on when someone's died and left an inheritance and people start arguing about the inheritance or the property or all the rest of it you can get this stuff in our own country too perhaps we are better behaved but we can be just as evil but it has been shocking with this adventure I've been on in, with 
Africans the extent of the badness that goes on in these crime gangs, drug addled, and the corruption that's involved with it as well, amongst police and people. Everyone's after a buck. This is a sad thing on planet Earth. This is what's wrecking the whole thing. It's what's destroying humanity, really. Everyone's after a buck. And they're prepared to do anything to get there, some people. To get rich. To get ahead. Have influence. And so, I had a, an experience this morning, going back to the level shift thing, I had this experience this morning where I was on one of my inner journeys and I went to visit my people upstairs who are not of this earth and over many years I've often felt that I'm a bit like a sort of a drone where it's not only me experiencing my life experience it's sort of like gets recorded and sent upstairs as well you know and they have a look they look into the experience of being human through me with all my ins and outs one thing I had to do there was was to be willing to let them see parts of myself which I didn't really want to acknowledge myself. That was quite an opening experience a couple of decades ago. And so I was doing this this morning and I was reflecting on all that has happened just recently and I was sending it upstairs. And quite frankly, they were quite surprised at some of the things that I could send them when I mean send them, I mean it in my kind of thoughts. It's a bit like kind of almost like uploading a video or something in a way, except it's a, a total experience type video, you know. <laughs> it's not just visual. It's total experience. And my thoughts and feelings and all this, all this kind of thing, including... And I, and I have felt forms of despair, for example, recently, where um, I really felt lost, you know, and wondering how to get through this and having a crisis of faith and all those kinds of things, very human, struggly kinds of things, but they are part of the the jihad, the, you know, the true meaning of the word jihad concerns that inner struggle inside, the struggle for truth. It's not about killing people at all. I don't know things we humans get into, the way we twist things around, the realities we create, the ways we experience reality too. So this level shift business is very interesting and of course it is rather difficult interfacing this with being in the world. There's no space for this kind of thing really in our efficiency-seeking world where you're supposed to keep it together and keep on the on track and have it all in your head and all the rest of it it can be rather difficult interfacing with that but it works out and of course it helps me to come down to these woods to sit by the stream here they're nice woods these are quite unkempt and higgledy-piggledy and it's, it's they're quite nice in that way life goes on and um I'm not sure where it heads next. I didn't really think last year, this time last year, I didn't really think there was a next. And that's part of the surprise for me, actually, is that there is a next. And uh, I have some thoughts for that, but I'm not at all sure how to bring it about yet.
And I think that's where I stand at the moment. And I've come down here to offer that up. It's a process. And sometimes we're swimming through rapids in the life stream. And sometimes it's much nicer and easier. I remember once there was a Tibetan Lama. We were talking about different kind of states of consciousness. And he said, uh, well, you know, you, you've got to understand that the times when you're feeling clear and full of vision and spiritually aware, those are the holidays. Because really, the real stuff is when you're feeling lost and struggling and praying for help. That's the time when you're really going through the transformation process here on planet Earth. And it's true. You've been listening to a podcast from the far beyond with Paldon Jenkins. If you want to find out more about me, go to my website at palden.co.uk. The music was by a good friend in Oregon called Galen Hefferman. Thanks for listening, and there's more to come. Mm-hmm.